Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Wednesday, January 27, 2021. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about Kentucky high school basketball. And we're going to talk about it with the man who knows Kentucky high school basketball, the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com prep writer, Jared Peck. I talked with Jared about how the how it's going so far there was a delayed start to kentucky high school basketball because we are after all living in a pandemic with covid19 and the coronavirus uh talk to jared about how the rollout has uh, has gone so far uh jared talks about some of the players and some of the teams he's he has seen to this point he also talks about the uh, the favorites for mr and miss basketball and he also talked about what's uh, coming up for him what what games he's planning to see the rest of the week and in the future so a lot of information from jared a lot of great information from jared so let's not waste any more time let's get right to it with jared peck the prep writer for the herald leader and kentucky.com okay my guest now on the podcast is jared peck who covers high school sports prep sports for the lexanero leader and kentucky.com friend of the pod how you doing jared Doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, thanks for being on. Uh, Jerry did a great job when we had him on a couple times talking about high school football. So I thought we would talk today about high school basketball, which has finally started for the most part. We'll get into that here in a second uh, in, in Kentucky. Uh, Jerry, what, what has the rollout been like? Uh, when exactly did it start? And all of this, of course, because of COVID-19 protocols and playing in a pandemic and how how is the how's it gone so far you think well we're playing a lot of teams are playing it started january 4th they delayed the season and delayed practice until mid-december um and uh just you know it's it's been kind of halting i mean we're now getting to the point where a lot of teams are catching covid and it's not really affecting you know, it's it's not something where it's affected the community spread, I think, but the community spread is starting to impact basketball. Uh-huh. So in the first week, we had 16% of the games canceled. Really? And the next week, we had 25% of the games canceled. And um, the third week, we had 31% of the games canceled. And we're on that pace again this week. So teams are still playing, uh, but there are a lot of cancellation, cancellations every night. And there's a lot of makeshift scheduling going on. Whereas last night I went to a game that was scheduled on the fly because one of the opponents was had to cancel because of COVID. So, you know, I think uh, North Laurel coach Nate Valentine said that, you know, his, his phone is basically a hotline for, for rescheduling games because um, they want to get as many games as they could possibly can because nothing is certain. So if they can get a game when somebody, if, if a, there's a cancellation, I mean, teams all over the map are scheduling games with whoever they can schedule. You know, the, the bat light goes on <laughs> and right. new games are scheduled. That, just like in football, that happened in football season two. And we saw some like stellar matchups because, you know, top teams couldn't find opponents. So they had to play each other. Right. Um, so I haven't seen a whole lot of that yet, but we're, we're seeing some of that and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a mess, but it's also, they're getting to play. At least they're getting to play. Um, if, if we didn't play, I mean, there would be no season. There would have been no football season. There would have been no volleyball season. If, if everybody just followed the, 
the advice. Uh, I mean, these kids would lose their senior senior years, or they would lose an entire season in every sport. And it's like at some points, you, you know, I'm not an advocate of anything, but at some points, you've got to keep living your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, do you let this thing control you, or do you do you keep playing? Yeah. And you know, most school districts, even though they wouldn't play a lot of regular season games in volleyball and they wouldn't play a lot of regular season games during the pandemic in soccer and they canceled some football. Uh, they're only canceling basketball. If they actually have a case on the team, they're not canceling oh. because of the red County thing that was going on Term at the end of the fall sports seasons. Yeah. That red County thing doesn't exist. It's like, in unless basketball. you have an actual case, they're playing. So is all this- the cancellations we see now are contacts and cases of, people getting getting COVID uh, actually on the team what, actually on the team has this been it so has it been about what the cancellation rate has it been about what was expected a little higher a little lower or or do we know oh uh, i don't think it's anything like we expected i mean the hope was that maybe 25 percent. i think it's uh-huh. it's rare it's gotten to where it's it's a little ridiculous now uh-huh. and i don't know how much worse it can get before somebody says we just got to take two weeks off uh-huh. i would say that they seem to have been uh, mindful of what's going on because the there's a lull now because they pushed the Sweet 16s back. There's a two-week period, but I think between the end of a postseason and the start of the Sweet 16s, and it's like that's a big lull. It's like, well, now, now it's that's a 10-day protocol isolation protocol. It's like that's going to help teams, Sweet 16 teams, actually play hopefully. Right. Um, but we'll see. I mean, nothing. The players all know. I've talked to a number of players, boys and girls. And it's like, are we scheduled tonight? Good. Yeah. We're playing. Yeah. And that's that's all they take for granted. I mean, they can't really, you know, if we get to play tonight, that's awesome. And they're not really concerned about what this means for the season or how it goes along. It's like, if, hey, if we're clear to play let's play and they're not really worrying about that because they know it all went south last year and they didn't get to finish their season right so what uh, uh how much have you gotten out to be able to watch so far and what have you seen uh i get out to a few games every week um i saw the uh, uh top five matchup uh when i saw it, it was number one franklin county girls versus number two anderson county girls and the Anderson County girls have a, a, a junior now, Mia Jenkins. And, I mean, she's going to be one of the – she's a top junior in the state. Uh, she's a, a point – you know, a guard who can handle the point. Um, she can shoot the three. She can drive. She's fast. She's lanky. Um, she's a dominating player. And Anderson County has a lot of good players besides her. And they – went to Franklin County and ripped the Flyers from stem to stern. And the Flyers have Brooklyn Miles, who's a Tennessee sidey. She's like the highest profile Division I commit in the state. She's a blazing fast guard, um, can handle, can steal. um, She can dominate a game herself. And and she had a really hard time against Amelia Jenkins, which they did. It was a rematch of their one of the Sweet 16 games that got played last year. Uh, but Anderson County moved the ball so well. Um, Joey Thacker, who's the coach of Franklin County, and who has a great quote, uh, said that he is, they were the best team that has been in their gym in probably, a, you know, 
since Aaron Bowley and the Elizabethtown, you know, team was there about five or six years ago. Really? Uh, they were they were stunningly good, and you know, I haven't seen Sacred Heart play yet. Um, and we haven't seen Butler play yet because they're down with the, the Jefferson County schools haven't started yet, but Butler was the preseason number one and Andrew County was the preseason number three. Uh, I, I've seen a few high school girls teams play. The main problem is finishing shots in ball security and Anderson County can finish shots and they've got great ball security and, uh, they were a kind of revelation. I knew they were good last year, um, but doing what they did to Franklin County was, uh, was pretty eye-opening. Okay, well, let me stop you there because I should have asked the, this question before I asked you about what you'd seen. Uh, yeah, the Louisville schools don't start until February 1st. Is that right? That's right. Jefferson County schools did not let them start practicing. I mean, they, they've been in basically doing conditioning drills, which was a kind of pattern we were holding in over the summer for the, the fall sports where they could run around but they couldn't do actual scrimmages. They couldn't do game situations. Um, And, you know, one of the, the holdouts on the the KHSAA board when they announced the decision to play was the Jefferson County athletic director, the district athletic director. And that was, you know, based on the hesitancy of their, their superintendent and their board. Um, They had some contested meetings about playing. There was still, you know, it came down to you know, two board members you know, two weeks ago changing from no's to, to yeses. And uh, it's because there's a lot of pressure to play because people, like right. I said earlier, they want to get on with their lives. Um, and, uh, you know, you know that includes preseason girls, number one, Butler. That includes preseason boys, number one, male. And then Ballard is a top ten team. And Fern Creek is believed to be a top ten team. And so just, uh, you know, people talk about Louisville schools and maybe sometimes they think of the private schools like Trinity and St. X and Sacred Heart and Mercy. Well, there's a lot of good public schools uh, playing basketball right. in Jefferson County as well. So it's a void. Uh, I mean, some people on the, uh, the Associated Press uh, poll that we do every week are still voting uh, those public school, Louisville schools in their top tens because – uh, their philosophy is, I mean, we still believe them to be a, a top 10 team. My philosophy is, yes, they're preseason. They were top 10. They're not playing right now. So I haven't put them in my top 10s. Um, but once they start playing and we know that they're actually going to play, right? Uh, they're probably going to enter the top 10s pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's interesting because, you know, I, I'm a voter on the AP college football poll. And the way the AP did it was we couldn't vote on teams until they had started playing. So even though you knew Ohio State was going to be a top five team or whatever, you were you couldn't vote. You could vote on them in the preseason poll. You could include them in the preseason poll, but you couldn't start including them until they started playing. Uh, and they kind of changed the rules on that a couple of times during the year, uh, depending on what was going on. But, uh, yeah, and there was there was some pushback to that in the AP poll. Some people thought even though they weren't playing, they should be included in the poll to make because to make it, uh, you know, more of a, a representation of what, you know, what they thought. But, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting with the different approaches to that. So yeah, uh, it's like you're saying there's a different opinion about how polls should be run. Yes. Shocking. <laughs> if you've got a poll, you're going to have a difference of opinion. Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> that's for sure. OK, well, what about uh, uh, 
So they'll start on. Do they, do they look like everybody's good to go on February first? Then, uh, I, as far I, as you I know, I think that uh, games are scheduled. There is some question about how far Jefferson County will let the teams travel, well, and whether they'll be able to play anything more than. Uh, you know, the Courier Journal Jason Frakes uh, sent out a tweet saying it looks like they might only be able to play themselves really? in Oldham County and like the, the neighboring counties. And they might not be able to go any farther than that, which that's kind of a problem because then you don't get to see what all the state might have. And if you right. can't host teams from other parts of the state, that's an issue. And, uh, I think that they are still evaluating that. And, you know, that was pretty quickly clarified later that that decision hasn't been made yet. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And we might be, I mean, if the, the cancellation rate keeps ramping up and we get closer to 50% games every week, we, I don't see how the cage to play doesn't take a pause and say, we're going to take a break and then, start back with a week of regular season play maybe, and then go into district tournaments and just try to get this thing in. Yeah. But I'm compl- that's complete speculation on my part. Right. I haven't heard that. Nobody's talked about that. But to me, <laughs> they're, they're asking me, it, it looks kind of sketchy, uh-huh. but I'm hopeful. I mean, I cover high school sports. I'd really rather not high school sports go away. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, talk about the. Uh, let's get back to what you've seen so far. Talk about what you saw last night. We are we are recording this on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, you you got to see uh, one of the state's better players last night. Talk about that. I went to see North Laurel at uh, Madison Southern. Uh, Madison Southern had a cancellation, so North Laurel popped into their uh, phone list, and they called them up. And uh, North Laurel, of course, has Reed Shepard, who is the son of. Uh, Kentucky great. I don't think we can just stretch the imagination to call him a Kentucky great. No. Uh, Jeff Shepard and UK women's player who is a high school legend, Stacy Reed Shepard. I mean, she was, she went to UK right. to play basketball as well and would, had a heralded high school career. Um, you know, I, I saw Reed Shepard and I was kind of struck. I mean, he looks like a normal kid. He looks like an athletic, you know, normal kind of Kentucky high school basketball player. And then he starts moving (laughs) and he doesn't look normal anymore. (laughs) He jumps higher than you think he ought to be able to. He's quicker than you think he should be. He has a great handle and he makes passes that are kind of spectacular. And it's like, he's able to beat his player off the dribble, draw more attention from other defenders and then find the open player wherever that open player is on the floor, whether it be at the three point line and credit to his teammates, he's got some great shooters on his team. I mean, he had two kids last night with uh, teammates with five, three pointers and had 13, three pointers overall, but he's also finding the guys in the post for easy layups. And, And frankly, some of those guys had easier baskets than they, turned out to make and he probably could have had even more assists um but he had kind of a you know a ho-hum night for him where he didn't take over the game he only scored 17 points but he had 10 rebounds he had 13 assists he had seven steals wow two that two that were led to breakaway dunks one which he flubbed but then in flubbing it the defender who rebounded the ball fumbled the ball back to him and so he picked it back. He jumped back in bounds, picked it up, went up for the layup, got fouled, and turned a missed dunk into a three-point play. 
Wow. <laughs> and at that point, it was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, he, he keeps his head down. He keeps playing. It's what he's told me after the game. It's like, you know, people make mistakes. You just got to keep playing. And you know, his coach says that he's got a great attitude. He's just a sophomore. Yeah, and the frenzy over him um, started when he, he had a quadruple double last year as a freshman against Jackson County. So that was against Jackson County. So a quadruple double is nice, but it was against Jackson County, which is, you know, a, a normal Eastern Kentucky team. Uh, this year, he's been going off for 30 and 40 points. He scored 45 on Covington Catholic. And everybody agrees Covington Catholic is one of the best high school basketball teams in the state. Right. I mean, they're preseason top 10. Right now, they're number three. They're really good. Uh, Coach Valentine said that he does what's needed to be done. If he needs to share the ball and the teammates are open, he does that. If he has to go out there and score 40 to win a game, that's what they do. And that's what he did against Covington Catholic. He scored 45, and they beat him in overtime. Wow. And that took – that took North Oral from being a top 25 team to being right where they are right now. They're number four in the state wow. and they haven't lost yet. I think they're eight. No, um, the hype on this kid is already kind of at a fever pitch. I probably did not help that with my story today. <laughs> uh, but he, it's just, it's just different. You see a lot of good high school players. Right. Um, but from where he, where he's from and who his parents are and how he plays, it's just going to get crazier. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked about that, and it's like he, he's his coach and himself. They say he's really grounded. He's really humble. He he zones out the distractions. His parents help keep him grounded, um, and tell him that you know you just gotta you do you basically is what right. what he said. They tell him. Um, right now, he, he's not guarding a lot of recruitment attention. Um, there's just Iowa that's offered. There's mm-hmm. a lot of interest. One of the, you know, there's a, I guess his AAU team is put out with all the teams that are interested in them, in him. And there are a lot of usual suspects, but Kentucky is not on that list. And that's a glaring omission. And people are aware of that, that he's not really being thought of uh as a recruit by kentucky yet i don't see how that stays that way for too much longer he's going to be averaging 30 points a game this year and he's got two more high school years to go right um that's like the best you know sophomore in the state when we talk about mr basketball candidates and miss basketball candidates you know we've got one right here in lexington and uh, ben Johnson at Lexington Catholic right. and Ben Johnson at Lexington Catholic. He, he's only six one. He's like Reed Shepard. You know, he's not that tall and he could probably dunk it, but he's not as willing to dunk it as, as Shepard is. But Ben Johnson can score in bunches. And this week he had a, another game where he, he scored 51 on Christian Academy Louisville in their gym. Um, and he didn't really need to score 51, but he, they just, he just kept breaking people down and making shots. And he's another kid that he can create his own and he can create for others. And he's one of the reasons why Lexington Catholic right now is the number one team in the state. And I don't know that they wouldn't be number one if Bell was there. I mean, people put Mel and the Louisville school is kind of on another level, but they have to knock each other off. 
a lot of times they're in the same region together. So you don't get all those power Louisville schools at the Sweet 16. Right. Um, one detriment to, to Lexington Catholic is they got upset last year by a, a Scott County team that was 500, under 500 or 500 <clears throat> before the season started. I mean, before the postseason started. So that upset really took some steam off of Ben Johnson's uh Mr. Basketball candidacy because if people were able to, well, we didn't get to see him in the Sweet 16 anyway, but it would have helped had he not lost the regional championship. But he's still, he's putting up crazy numbers. He's going to Bellarmine, which is becoming a Division One school. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, he's he's doing the things that need to be done to be in that conversation. Right. Um, the other players in that conversation are Zion Harmon at Marshall County, who's who's been talked about forever and uh you know he's been at three schools he's been at bowling green where he won a state championship as an eighth grader and was a key player in that thing and he's going to western kentucky mm-hmm. uh he's been at adair county now he's in marshall county he's having kind of a regular season i mean he, he you know the the thing about the exciting about him is you know he he's a point guard who, who shoots the three and willingly shoots the three from anywhere and he he you know, he shoots crazy three pointers, but he makes you know more than thirty three percent of them. So that's what's been helping him. He's in the state record books all over the place. Um, but uh, they've got competition down uh, there in the first region. Uh, McCracken County is really good, and McCracken County just beat them. Um, so them being down the rankings list kind of hurts his candidacy a little bit. But in the the preseason coming into the preseason, Zion Harmon was the preseason number one player. And it wasn't close. He's on everybody's mind, um, every coach's mind, as you know, one of the top players in the state. And they, they I would say, seventy percent of them voted as the top player in the state. Okay. Now, sometimes that carries over to Mr. Basketball voting, and sometimes it doesn't. Right. <laughs> right. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. What about uh, what about Miss Basketball? Who's the favorite? Uh, there? Miss Miss Basketball. We have a, a collection. It starts with Brooklyn Miles uh, uh, you just, you in talk Franklin about. County, and uh, I mean, you know, they they've taken a couple of losses: the, the Anderson County loss and the Bardstown loss. Um, I you know, I still think that you know Franklin County is probably one of the the favorite to win the eleventh region. So, and Joey Thacker is a great coach. So they're going to turn that around. Um, we've got Tara uh, East at Butler, uh, who hasn't played yet. I mean, she averages around 14 points a game. So, there's uh, – and, and Butler plays a slower slower style. Uh, we've got Macy Blevins at Wayne County. I think he was having typical numbers. We have Bree Crittenden at Ryle, who is following in the footsteps. Uh, you know, with the Ryle greats there, um, Harley Painter at Boyd County is, is having putting up good numbers. I saw Maya Meredith at Scott. Uh, and one of the stories this season that I've done is Scott up in Northern Kentucky, their 
just south of Covington. They like to tell you they're not in Covington. They're in Taylor Mill. I know this because because <laughs> they've told I you get this. emails. I get emails about it if I ever call them Covington Scott. Right. Um, they are not that. Maya Meredith is is a six zero senior. She's going to Western. She tore ACL two minutes into her first game last year. Um, so. And they bad. went three and twenty. Yeah, they went three and twenty-five after that. They wow. had two players go down with ACLs, and they went three and twenty-five. And so our boss, when they saw that Scott was in, that I think the coaches voted them number twenty-four. They said number twenty-four, Scott, last season's record, three and twenty-five. <laughs> and our boss Matt Graff said, "What is this about? How are they in the top twenty-five?" It's like, well, they got a really good player back. It's like, is she going to play in the WNBA? <laughs> and it's like, well, no, but they've got a really good player back. Right. And I went to see them play Bourbon County, and they're really good. Now, ball security is an issue. They turned the ball over too much. But Maya Meredith is a really good player. She's she she's been running the point for them because the other their other one of their other point guards is the ACL player, who, who's still working her way back into condition, but. Uh, uh, she can rebound. Uh, she can do all the things you need to do, and she she shot the three pointer pretty well. Um, and they are undefeated, and they're working their way into the top ten. Uh, I would say that they're the t- they're in the tenth region. They have to be the tenth region fa- favorite because Clark County is is kind of in a rebuilding mode. Clark County has been tenth region champion year over year over year. That stopped. I think that stops this year unless something really crazy happens. Uh, right now, it looks like Paris and and Scott, and uh, there. But they also have Sophia Allen at, at Scott, who had to carry the burden last year of being the you know the best player on the team, and she got double and triple team. She still managed to average in double figures, but now they have both of them, and so now it's, it's, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> people are, people can't handle both of them. Right. Um, so I mean, uh, that's kind of fun. And and we're one way year away from uh, Cassidy Rowe at Shelby Valley, who got a, a Kentucky offer when she was in eighth grade and tore both ACLs. Wow. She's starting to come back uh, and look like Cassidy Rowe, like she looked when she was a seventh and eighth grader and was on everybody's radar out of Shelby Valley uh, in eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. She's starting to look like that. Last year she was coming back and, she was playing sparingly and she was working her way and getting her minutes in and you saw flashes, uh, but she wasn't, she was hesitant to kind of drive into the paint. She was hesitant to do some of the things that she, she normally remembered doing. Uh, now I think those shackers shackles are starting to come off. That doubt is starting to evaporate and she's starting to show a little bit about what she can be. And, and she's one of those players who looks normal and then kind of does something like, that's different. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see her development and her coming into a Miss Basketball candidacy next year. What about the, uh, Jerry, what, what about the Lexington schools? What uh, you, you, you talked about Lexington Catholic, uh, you know, on the boys side, what, what about the other Lexington schools? How, how have they done? How are they supposed to do? Well, a lot of them have been shut down by COVID, unfortunately. Okay. Um, We've got, I think, Frederick Douglass, who has Deshaun Jackson back this year for his senior year. And Deshaun Jackson is a top 25 player. He would be 
could be in the conversation for for Mr. Basketball, except that Ben Johnson gets a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he led basically the upset of the number two team last year. Henry Clay was believed to be the favorite for the 11th region last year. And Deshaun Johnson put Douglas on his back and he led that team to an upset of Henry Clay. And, and they won the 42nd district over Scott County. Um, and he's, he's just a, he's a physical player. I, I think he's six, three or six, four. Um, he can drive, he can shoot it a little bit. He, he's got some teammates. They got a new coach there. Um, and uh, see Jason Mosley, who who was I guess from the Louisville area, he coached before, and he went down to South Carolina to coach, and now he's back up in, in Lexington coaching. Um, but they appear to be as advertised. We're going to see them uh, get tested because they played Dunbar, who has Scott Chalk, has Tim Hall, who's a a junior, who's a really dynamic player, um, and can score and can rebound. And, uh, you know, help them upset Douglas uh, a couple weeks ago before everything got shut down. Uh, actually, uh, I think uh, Dunbar was down something like 20 in the Douglas game and came back to win 75-68, you know, win going away. And they were down 20 in the second half. It just became a spate of turnovers. Uh, Dunbar's really athletic, and they've got Tim Hall. And they've got Scott Chalk, who's been there, done that, and won a state championship a few years ago with Tavion Hollingsworth. Uh, you know, I saw Brian Station play. Brian Station looks really athletic. They didn't even have their best player, and they beat um, uh, Bourbon County. You know, they were up by twenty. They just beat uh, last night. They beat uh, Dunbar uh, by six. But I don't think Dunbar had Tim Hall back. I think Tim Hall was kind of still out. But you know, that's a good win for Brian Station. And there's a lot of good teams. Uh, in the 11th region and in Lexington on the boys' side. And, you know, Scott County right now, who's the 11th region favorite year after year, and, you know, been the you know, 11th region's standard bearer in the Sweet 16 for years, is really scuffling right now. But like I said last year, uh, they scuffled all the way up until the district tournament. And then Tim Glenn, who had been an assistant under uh, Coach Hicks for years, uh, got that ship righted and they just went on a tear uh, to win the, the title. And I don't put that past them again this year because even though Scott County has split talent with great crossing, they still seem to be Scott County when it counts. Um, but, you know, they've got more losses than wins right now. So we'll, we'll see what turns around there. Um, on the girls' side, you know, in Lexington, Dunbar, uh, has Elise Ellison Coons, who is the sister of Kara Pankins, who is, I think, Lexington's all-time leading scorer and rebounder. Um, if she's not there, she's one or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, also her cousin there is Tania Cecil, is a point guard. They're both seniors now. They seem to be kind of the best team in Lexington and they're one of the best teams in the state. The problem is that Franklin County is also there and we don't get to see uh, Franklin County and in, in Dun- how Dunbar stacks up with Franklin County for a couple of weeks. So they are going to play each other. Um, they both have ball security issues. They don't take care of the ball very well and that leads to easy baskets for their opponents and that leads to them getting 
you know, taking losses in big games sometimes. But if they could just get a handle on that, I mean, they can they have the pieces to play with Franklin County. Um, it's just a matter you got to take care of the ball because mm-hmm. Kara Pankins averages a double. She's been averaging a double double for her career. She's a really good player. Um, I'm not sure how many offers she has right now, but she, she, you know, her sister's playing college ball. She's going to play college ball. Um, also in Lexington, we have Lexington Catholic. We wrote about a couple weeks ago, which have a number of you know, dual sports stars. Uh, a lot of them are like sophomores and juniors. Um, they might be the next best team in Lexington. Uh, you know, I think Lafayette is a year away. They're looking. They're looking pretty good. They they have no seniors, so they're you know, it's it's kind of a like a two year plan there. They won't they'll never tell you that, but I mean I I think Lafayette is, is a year away from being a contender in the the eleventh region. Um, Frederick Douglass has improved. They've got a new coach there. Um, they've been they've been looking good. I went to see them. Uh, they handled Henry Clay fairly easily. Um, you know, a lot of Lexington basketball. It's rough at spots. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not. You know, there's there's a, a few top teams and there's kind of a drop off, um, but it's not for lack of trying. I mean, I, I go, I try to go out and see every single city city team during the season if I'm possible, if it's possible. Right mm-hmm. now, it hasn't really been possible because I think all but one girls team has been shut down over the break or over mm-hmm. this the first three weeks. All but one. Henry Clay has been shut down twice. They were shut down at the beginning of the season, and they were shut down last week. And then on the boys' side, I think only Tate's Creek has escaped really? um, the COVID break. And, and people need to understand is, like, if you have a COVID contact, you come in contact with somebody, but you don't catch COVID, you're still – everybody on the team has to be isolated for 10 days. And then teams are coming out of that 10-day isolation period, and they're having a practice and having a game. You're just going right in. Right. But if you actually catch COVID, you are at, that player who catches COVID is out for three weeks. They've got a 10-day isolation period. They have four days of being medically evaluated to make sure they're over COVID. And then they have six days to ramp back up to make you know, sure they're conditioned and okay and don't have any lingering effects. Right. Um, so that's a 21-day hiatus. Wow. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of your season that, that people are – are putting on a line there, but I mean, people, it's, it's either, you know, you risk that or you don't play. Right. 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 I mean, it's just something going to have to live with through the whole season and hopefully you can get the season in and get to the state tournament. Uh, I know that's the big hope. Jerry, what do you got coming up? Where are you, uh, what are you working on or where, where are you headed or do you know, or does like that depends on the COVID schedule (laughs) that people should look for. Well, I do have a plan for what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> right now, I have a plan. My plan changes every night. Last night I was going to go to a game, and then I did not end up going to that game. Last week I was going to go to two games, and then I did not end up going to those two games. I went to different <laughs> games. This is every week for me. Yes. Tonight I'm going to see Dunbar and Lexington Catholic girls play. Okay. And I think Dunbar's got a little too much for them, but you never know. Right. Uh, Lexcat's played one of the top teams in the state. They played Mercy, and Mercy kind of beat them up a little bit. But, it, you know, like I said, they have some dual sports stars. They have a, a, a sophomore in Catherine Truitt who was – the 
player of the year for the city in soccer as a central defender. And it was kind of a central defender uh, year for soccer. But she, as a sophomore, she was city player of the year. And that, as a defender, and that does not happen. And she is a really good basketball player. She's averaging something like a double-double. She can shoot the three. She can rebound. I mean, of course, she's athletic. She plays two sports. Um, there are a lot of these sports sports on Lexington, Lexington Catholic. I mean, that's kind of the reason why Lexington Catholic is a little exciting because you know that you're not going to run them out of the gym. They're going to be conditioned for you because they they have something like eight of their 12 players who play multiple sports. One player plays four sports. Wow. That's kind of stupid. <laughs> wow. On Thursday, uh, I'm hoping to see Scott County and Bryan Station girls play. Scott County – has been a region champion over the last couple of years, um, but they've also had a kind of talent drain there and are, are trying to rebuild. And You know, uh, the coach there, Steve Helton, likes to score 80, 90 points a game, and this current team is not quite able to hit that pace, so they're struggling a little bit, and it's an opportunity to, to see how much Bryant Station has grown. On Friday, I've got Frederick Douglass and Bryant Station boys, and I'm hoping both of those teams are – healthy and fully active, active. I think, um, miles Morones for Brian station, uh, would, would, it should be clear by, by this game to play that. That's a really good 42nd district matchup. That's going to determine, you know, that matchup might determine who makes the regional. This could be the two, these could be the two teams that make the region. If, if, if they take care of Scott County, uh, in the district tournament. Um, and they're, they're vying for position in that district tournament, which could help their chances of getting a better seed in the 11th region tournament. Um, I expect them, I expect that game to be really good. Then on Saturday, I'm going, if they play it, Belfry is supposed to be coming to Henry Clay and Belfry has a seven, three player wow. who I'm going to have to look up for you. Um, <laughs> but he seven, three, you don't see that seven, three Lexington Catholic boys have a Six eleven player who grew six inches. Reese Potter grew six inches on the off season. Wow! Um, so that's pretty tall. But yeah. then seven three is tall. also pretty tall. Yes, I think he's he's an immigrant. Um, okay. Let's see. It's I don't want to. I'm pausing here because I don't want to mess up his name. <laughs> Pause because all you it's, want. It's it's not Jake Smith or anything like that. It's a little um, complicated than that. A little more. Now I'm on the girl's side. It's called Bure, B-U-I-R-K-O-L. Um, and so I'm really interested in seeing that game. I'm okay. really interested in seeing this kid play. His Belfry is, is pretty good, really? I think. But uh, we're going to, you know, you don't get to see a 7-3. You cover college, so you see seven-foot kids. You don't see seven-foot kids that, that often. No, but no, no. In, in high school in Kentucky, not a lot of seven no. footers no, <laughs> rolling no. around. The one we had got plucked by Rick Patino and Iona before the season. We haven't even talked about that story. That's one of the biggest stories this year is uh, Trey James bolting from uh, Martin County and uh, going straight to Iona as a high school senior. Right, right. And I can't, and, and Iona shut down. <laughs> so. And Iona shut down. <laughs> he shut down. He, he was going to be shut down either way he goes. Right. And, exactly. and they they won their region last year with him, and he's the leading shot blocker in the state state history. He wow. set the shot blocks record last year, going away, 
Um, and people say, well, they don't really tra- keep track of shot blocks in high school. It's like, if you have a shot blocker in high school, that school is keeping track of his block. Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> they may not be keeping everybody's <laughs> block shots, but they're going to keep that but player's block shots. Everybody, the, every team that has a shot blocker, no matter no matter what, they're keeping that stat and they're turning that stat in the KHSAA and KHSAA posts those stats right. year over year. They don't post them daily. They don't post them weekly. But year over year, they post them. And uh, he has like something like fifty more than the, um, wow. the next player now, um, but yeah, he decided that you know he, he's not really in school, he's not going to have a normal senior year. He'd already had enough credits to graduate from Martin County. Um, you know, high school is great, but I could, I, you know, they get an extra year of eligibility at college now right. for this year because of COVID. So he's thinking, man, I could go learn the system. I could go be part of it. He could be on his own. And he, he said he thought about it for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took. Huh? Yeah. And it was like, thanks, guys. I yeah. got to go. Wow. Wow. Well, that, uh, well, it's definitely an unusual year. I'm glad that they're back playing. I'm glad for you that they are that they are playing. And hopefully we'll get the Louisville school started February 1st. Uh, we're just, as you said, just going to have to deal with it as as we go. Uh, there are going to be continue to be pauses and so forth, but hopefully we can make it to the state tournament. Jared, tell uh, tell the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter uh, as we go through the season. I am at HL Preps, H-L-P-R-E-P-S uh, on Twitter. And just like I did in the football season, I tweet out highlights so you can see Reed Shepard's dunk last night. If you go there right now, and and other highlights from from where I go uh, throughout the season. So be sure and check that out. Be sure and check out all of Jared's coverage uh, on, on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. And he's got a busy week. It sounds like coming up. Hopefully, all those games get played. And be sure look look for all his coverage. And Jared, we'll have you on a little later in the season to catch up with you again. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Jared Peck. Uh, Be sure and follow him on Twitter at HL Preps. Be sure and read all his coverage online on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. I want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader. Remember, you can get a sports only digital subscription to kentucky.com it's 30 dollars for the first year you get all of our uk football uk basketball uk recruiting you get our columns you get all of jared's prep coverage 30 dollars for the first year go to kentucky.com hit on the subscription tab check out all of our subscription offers and as i said we really appreciate everybody who supports our work at the herald leader and kentucky.com i appreciate everybody who supports the podcast by leaving us a rating and review you can do that on apple podcast spotify stitcher tuned in google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio radio podcast we'll have plenty more podcasts coming up uh you can follow me on twitter at john clay iv send me an email jclay at herald leader.com thanks again to jared and thanks again to everybody who who listened to the podcast and we'll be talking to you again soon